September 15, 2010, is Watt from Pedro's show.
show uh, September 15 2010 on a Wednesday kind of trippy day for what from Pedro show but also a trippy locale I am in Pedro but I'm not at my pad I'm not with brother Matt at the love grotto I'm on 6th Street downtown at guitar safari the shop uh, Run and owned by uh, my guest for today, Miss Dirk Vandenberg. Hey, Dirk. Hey, Mike. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We started the show off with uh, John Cotrain doing Peace on Earth. This is uh, a version with Charlie Hayden on the bass instead of Mr. Garrison. And then we heard something from uh, Death Praxis called She. And Death Praxis of course, is uh, Tenko and Ikue Mori. And Derek, I hear you're into Tenko. <laughs> well, thanks to you, I am, yes. <laughs> That's some really intense shit right there. It's very good. Thanks for giving me that stuff. I think everybody needs to hear that. Yeah. <clears throat> the first My first exposure was at Bob Teagan's in Fraser, a, a suburb of Detroit, after gig, and he had a a video of her solo with a guitar 
at CBGB's, and it was the most intense, uh, whatever, rock and roll music performance. Didn't he just go see her somewhere recently? Well, he told me about her doing a New York show. She yeah. just played, and oh. I flowed you that link to the video. And she actually said it wasn't music. Hmm. What she does is performance. But I think it's like music. Yeah. I think it's like performance, too. And she now said she... she uses her body. Yeah, no instruments now. It's just all her voice. Oh. <laughs> and Jim O'Rourke told me she makes tofu now in mm -hmm. Tokyo. Uh, but yeah, amazing stuff. So every time after seeing that that one time, I think it was something from '84 or something. He, uh, <clears throat> when I play Detroit and Conk at his pad, I always watch that video. I must have seen it like 15, 20 times. And of course, he's got a TV about the size of this bulkhead here, and puts up <laughs> about 130 dB. It's it's wild. <clears throat> but anyway. We're here in uh, Guitar Safari, your shop. But actually, oh, here's delivery man. Actually, people, um, this is a second incarnation of the Guitar Safari. Uh, Dirk did it before, and then it took a hiatus and came back. What's interesting is it's in this exact same location. So when was the incarnation one? When did you start? Uh, I don't know the exact year, but it was about 12 years ago, I think. 12, 13 years ago now. 1997? 96, perhaps. 1996? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. And then how long that run go? Uh, about five and a half years. So like 2001, 2002? I'm trying to think. Maybe around there, yeah. Go out, and then you come back. The second arcade uh, incarnation is how long? At this point, two and a half years. Two and a half years. So that would be uh, 87, so maybe five years in between of no guitar safari. Mm, I think my dates are wrong, but there was a, quite a gap, you know. Yeah, this is how important it is to him. <laughs> <laughs> now, all that date crap don't mean a thing. It, what, what means dates are important to Dirk when it comes to his guitars, because there's many old ones. He doesn't have a lot of new. Is that right? That's correct. Basically a vintage shop uh, with a lot of tube amps and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, t I, di I didn't even mention the uh, the amps. You know, it's called Guitar su Safari, but it's also Amp Safari. <laughs> and uh, uh, when you started it back, you know, the first incarnation, what was a Guitar Safari? That's when the shows would come, right? Uh, we should explain you were a collector before you had a store. Yeah. The store's uh, kind of an extension of your collection thing. Uh, the name comes about from my friend Alan and I going, uh, we get in the car and we drive all day or maybe even take an overnight just looking for guitars in pawn shops and stuff. And we just called it that. Let's go on a guitar safari this weekend. And, and we did that for a couple oh, of years. Oh, just pads. I thought they were like shows. No, it was just like going okay. to pawn shops and garage yeah, right. sales and... This is before internet, and so you yeah. actually had to go to pads. I know about this because of Torrent. Mm -hmm. That's how I got some of my amazing deals on my, mm -hmm. because people didn't know what they cost, right? Or if they had them, the availability or or, or uh, demand, who'd want them? Mm -hmm. A lot of these models I got at the time, nobody wanted them. Yeah. You know? 
everybody talks about my EB3 that got stole, but I got it from you. That's right. Yeah. That was a nice one. 1963. Let's hope you get it back. You know, it don't matter. Here, you're working on my 65 EBO. This is the Akachan. Okay? So, you know, that one was taken from me. This one was given to me. Mm -hmm. To me, it's pretty square. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. His name was Dan in San Diego. Also, one from Andy up state New York. Mm -hmm. And the Yauk, too. Give me a professional. So... I can't cry too much over it, but I got that one from you. So, yeah, you're, uh, when did you start collecting guitars? Uh, well, I was in a band in high school with my friends for years. and As a drumming man, though. Yeah, but I was playing drums, and then when we, we got in a big fight, and the whole thing fell apart, and I thought, well, I can't write songs on the drums, so I bought a, couple, a guitar, and then it just kept going from there. The patent pad? That's this is before that, really. But it, I don't remember many guitars at the Patent Pad. I do remember an amp though. I had a big closet. Okay, yeah, I had a big closet over there. Oh, and they were in the cases. Yeah, and they were all okay. kind of put away. So you are were already starting. I had about twenty five guitars over there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I remember a little amp, <laughs> like it was an oldie. Yeah, a little champ. A little champ. I let yeah. you borrow, and you recorded with That's it. That's right. I recorded with it. Yeah. Great sounding amp. Where'd you get that guy? At a garage sale in uh, Torrance. Wow. 25 bucks. 25 bucks. Yeah. See, this is the pre internet days when mm -hmm. stuff could go. Well, like I used that. to buy guitars all the time from Recycler for 200 bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Recycler was. That was a good That's way. how I got all my music stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's play some music. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. 
sale sans épitume Ma bouche avec amertume Les voix électriques qui nous séparent Alourdi par chaînes et dégâts Et pleine la robe Mes jambes avec elle Un phare éclair la voie ferrée Qui attend la chair des nouveaux arrivés
tu sai riscaldare il mio cuore mi appoggio sul tuo petto mi sento libero riempendo ciò che vuoto svuotando ciò che è pieno riempendo ciò che vuoto svuotando ciò che è pieno From Pedro show. I heard a bunch of stuff there from Italy. Uh, starting off with uh, a band uh, Dose is going to play with next week in Long Beach called Neo from uh, Terracina, and not too far from Roma. And uh, incredible uh, guitarist, this this cat, Manlio, his name is. He don't play with a strap on, so he uses a chair, you know. Puts his leg up on it, and uh, he's an incredible guitarist. I mean, not just for that, just but for his uh, prowess with making that instrument an extension of his spirit. So uh, we heard a tune from Neo called, Are You Still Friend With Your Brain? <laughs> and then he's got another band I got to do some gigs with six years ago. I was doing second opera tour in Italy. And he's got a band called Square Tet. And uh, we heard Frito e Fredo. And then uh, I'm looking forward to playing with Melio and Neo. You know, the closest he'll probably get to San Pedro. Prospector not far. I think Sacron Truss is on the gig too. So uh, I thought the 23rd. I think it's a week from tomorrow. 
uh, Dose is playing Friday. The pizza place in the valley. Red Balls. Rock and roll pizza. That's what it's called. Yeah, you play in front of the people uh, by their chowing and yammering with Dose. It's a character builder. But I got four gigs coming up with Kay and looking forward to it. Also going to master our fourth album. Anyway, after Square Tet, we heard Squarcy. <laughs> this one's a tough one, man. Squarcy Catrici. Or maybe Squarchi. Catrici. No, excuse me. Can you translate that? Uh, no. no. So, no. uh, I think it's a play on words. Hmm. Uh, Sans race is the name of the song. That means without race. I think French says sans. And then Lizard by the Bogarts. Yeah, they didn't Italianize that name. And finally, Welcoming the Flowers by Rice on the Record. Rice on the Record, I put bass, they asked me to put bass on a song of theirs called uh, Fake Smile. Uh, Genoa band. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you're a drummy. You can't write songs on the drums, so he says. So you get <laughs> guitars and uh, start collecting. You had 25 when I first met you. I met Dirk now, maybe 80, 81. Mm-hmm. I've known Dirk 30, near 30 years. And I didn't know about this guitar thing until actually after you moved out off Patton. And... Uh, Okay, there's a guitar for writing a song, but you got into, like, the kinds. What do you mean by that? You know, the uh, aesthetic of of these old guys. You weren't buying new ones. No, I bought old guitars because they were cheap in the paper. And uh, when I first started buying guitars, I I was thinking that solid-body guitars weren't guitars really to me. I liked hollow-body guitars, and I had, like, a bunch of them before I ever bought a solid-body guitar. Uh Uh-huh. I just thought there was more craftsmanship. In well, it. and also drums are acoustic. Yeah. I just like the hollow Yeah, more craftsmanship. <clears throat> Not bolted together planks. Yeah. But I, I, I love a Telecaster now. I like solid body guitars. I'm oh, right. yeah, yeah. You, you moved on. And, and then the, the halfway ones. Semi-hollow. Yeah. Semi-hollows, yeah. arch tops. Like 335s. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, what did... Would you say there's a common thing about a collector, or are they all different kinds of people? I think a lot of people get stuck on certain models, like they'll have like 15 strats or something like that. Or yeah. I, I just got into it for the voices of each different one, and also that's why I've got a big collection of amps too, because the amp is the, truly the voice of, of the guitar in my mind. I think it's 80% of the sound. You know, The playability is, is very important on the guitar, but every, every guitar, every amp has a different voice. You know, Size little tiny champs to like you know basements and stuff like that there's all kinds of great sounds in between uh are most collectors musicians <laughs> that's a good question you know a lot of them are no stuck. no look at look at art uh paintings most guys who collect paintings probably aren't painters it's, it's not like it's jive well there's there was a long period where it was a lot of stockbrokers buying the stuff who didn't play you know it's investments they were investing yeah. yeah they weren't lovers of the no i don't you think that's gone out a little bit? 
or it's still about? Yeah, it, well, the whole market's soft right now. I don't know who's really buying what, you know. Everything's gone down a lot. There's probably people with money still buying a lot of stuff, you know. You see it on the internet now, like a real expensive guitar will come up, even though, you know, most people can't afford it now. Somebody still buys it, you know. If it's a good piece, a rare piece, somebody will buy it. Now, right from the get-go, you weren't just Marshall, Gibson, Fender. You went for some stuff like K's. K's, silver tones, yeah. harmonies. Yeah. Some, I had some guild hollow bodies. Those not really bouge machines. What were attracted to you? So obviously, Money. your aesthetic was... <laughs> they were cheap to buy. Yeah, a lot of hollow, they made a, lot, you know, a lot of hollow bodies in the 60s were like th those brands. And... Uh, they were different than everything everybody else was playing. That's why you liked them, because yeah. they were different. Yeah. Right. Hey, Raul. Still waiting here on Tom, okay? Yeah. I just got off work right now. I'm doing radio show with Dirt. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so, uh, they had their own kind of sound, kind of, right? Yeah, well, they were... I liked them because you could... Uh, Easily get feedback out of them and yeah. be more of a uh, get a, more of a wild sound, more you know? live, more yeah. wild. Mm -hmm. uh, Barney, there was some kind of high endy ones. Well, case. Like, well, this K, this Barney Kessel, it's, yeah. a, it's called a Jazz Special. Um, it's the top of the line K. It's 17 inches wide, and they're almost impossible to find because in, when these came out, like in '57, '58. Uh, they were 400 bucks, the same price as a Gibson Super 400. Wow. And they weren't half the guitar, but they're still real cool, like for kitsch value and stuff. They look really nice, and collectors just drool over those things. So consequently, they didn't make a lot of these things, or sell a lot of them. Where, you know, if you had 400 bucks, you'd buy a Super 400. Right, yeah. Gibson. And then Barney Kessel jumped ship and went to Gibson after that. Ah. <laughs> Strange, the, the, there's a fashion to it now. Yeah. Bad Veronica left her poetry in a bag in the corner of the laundromat, jumped in her car and headed down the block, her poem stolen by a pack rat, saved her bra, one sock, and her only pair of panties with a face on the crotch. She was late for her gig. She really wanted to dig, stomach in a knot, forgot her pot, but was content like events in establishment, vent to vent in her incident. Bad Veronica left her poems in the corner on the table in the laundromat. Her voice is her identification of New Age incense. She burned in reverence. She had to play it straight and could not hesitate to elaborate and cooperate to celebrate with her mates. Dangerous Dan, the rest of the band. Bad Veronica can't wait to fly in a blue blaze craze under a tie-dyed sky. Down in the old school, the band began with Dangerous Dan, fan of S. Clay, who understand the hand, the demand, the contraband, and the big damn lie, like the salt on the last year's asphalt on the road to the mall last fall and all. Bad Veronica jumped on her bar stool, drank to get cool rock with one sock still in a laundromat with her new palms and panties with a face on them. Shepherdess of excess, wearer of wantonness, sorceress of fruitfulness, forgetfulness, left her underwear on the table in the corner at the laundromat, and the TV blaring hollow slogans of the president's new establishment. Hitch a ride from the gray area. Take the bend in the road going south, out of South Bend, somewhere imagined.
to the delta dirt where the cotton is pure and the polka dot shirt flies in the wind where the blues are bad and the words are dreams and the random bells are always ringing like the quantum operators in the binge of the time bring echoes at night and sweet as the first Phoebe snow but a blizzard rages up north and winds coerce blow broken songs from a chain of paper doll lines the horizon each censored for emptiness and force. Ice on the asphalt and the street lights make it shine.
Uh, but, but running a store is kind of like having a social thing, right? Yeah, it's a club. Clubhouse. People stop by. Do you have the, some cats who come by every day? Every other day? Uh, I got this one guy that comes by every day. He's an older English guy and he drives me crazy. Yeah. But it's not always to get a pack of strings and stuff. It's just no, just to shoot, shoot the, the shit. Exactly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I remember young, uh, up by Vaughn's was that Dick Toy Circus. I'd go in there and there was a young, uh, well, he was a man to me, but he's a young man. And I would just go and rap with him. And eventually this cat gave me his whole uh, H.O. car, race car mm -hmm. collection. Probably because he got too old. You know them little... Aurora H.O. He had the music store up there? No, it's called Dick's Toy Circus. Oh, oh. The music store was Chuck's out of music. I didn't really know the Chuck guy. And, no. But I'd go in there every day, just look at the same album covers that I was looking at, you know. <laughs> Finally, I'd get some monies up. I could buy some, but for, there was a look, maybe 30 look days for every buy day. That's where <laughs> I first saw a bass was at that place because they didn't just sell records. They sold instruments. Mm -hmm. And then right from here, Dirk is by... Uh, Six and Center? Mesa. 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 I'm sorry. Mesa. I don't even know my own adopted fucking town. <laughs> <coughs> well, on this corner here where there's a parking lot used to be a pawn shop. Yeah. And that's where me and D. Boone got our first guitars. Mm. He had a Melody Plus. And we're talking $15. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to start. There's a social trip and some idiot with a radio show shouldn't be like putting a crimp in that shit <laughs> i think these so, guys they come in here and waste so much time though anyway even if you weren't here i'd be like spending it you know probably three hours a day just yakking with people you know? <laughs> see and then they walk out thanks a lot so, see you later <laughs> you know oh can i buy one pick no i'll just give but it maybe to you. you're keeping somebody from just going over the brim you know <laughs> by doing these talks yeah a little bit of little, little counseling. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're not going to go off. And, uh, you know. <laughs> and then somebody will come in, like a lady wanted to, uh, was just in here looking for a stand-up, and you couldn't give it to her because you sold it last week, right? Yeah, it was a German stand-up. Wow, not plywood. It was a flatback. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it was plywood or not. If it was German, was it full? No, it, it was... was Three-quarter? Uh, it was... Well, American standard three quarter. Yeah. German. This this was a half size bass actually, but it had a pretty full sound. It was pretty yes. small. Yeah, it was a half size. Piccolo, a little around Carter. It was Yeah. It He's be, got a little stand. Did it, it have was, a stand on it. It was smaller than that. Mm -hmm. And of that's course, a, that's, that's a three quarter. Yeah, so it was a little bit smaller than that. Once you once you pull a peg out, it's you know the place nice. for the stand ups, right? Is World of Strings on Seventh Street? Yeah. Long Beach. How many? They're forty. Yeah. Well, they do a lot of repair over there. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a lot of them there are being fixed. Mm -hmm. But you go in this one room that's all stand ups, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, pretty impressive. I tried my hand at the stand up, and it, it kicked me in the butt pretty hard. <laughs> I, I made a record with Talia with it, and uh, did some other things, but not a lot. It was too. It was very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, much different than a bass guitar. I'd have to be with it a lot more. I loved it, though. There was something about it, the way the sound went into your body. Yeah. But anyway, the the love of uh, going after stuff that... Because at those times, those Ks, uh, Dan Electro, Silverton, they were not desirable. No, that's why they were 200 bucks. The yeah, paper. right. So you're chasing them. I couldn't... I mean, even back then, you could buy a telly for like... 450 or 500 but I didn't have that kind of money. Yeah, so every once right. in a while, I'd have a couple hundred bucks and find something that I could afford. 
Mm -hmm. Right, right. Now, these were just going into the collection. You didn't have an idea of like spinning them, flipping them, I guess you call it. Flip? Uh, flip. I would upgrade sometimes, you know, get rid of so two. You flip, yeah. Yeah. But I was still stuck on the hollow body thing for like years, a couple of years. But that came later, right? Early on, it was just collecting these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. And, uh,. Uh, what about the guitar shows? Then that because that's probably the first inkling that whoa, there's market here, and it's it's how things are perceived. That's when yeah, these traveling uh, circus guitar shows. Yeah. The, the three amigos from Texas, they'd yeah. come around. I even went out to uh, the Dallas guitar show a couple times. Yeah. You know, spent a lot of money going out there. I actually. I bought a couple of nice guitars out there. I remember you bringing home some good ones. Yeah, I, I got an ES5 out there, a Gibson 52, really beautiful guitar. I had to trade some stuff for that, but, you know, it was fun to go look at all this stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you could tell how... Oh, yeah, prices were soaring at that time. And a lot of Japanese people were buying stuff. Bring you know, everybody was, everybody's railing against the Japanese buying this stuff, but I think that they have an inert, uh, innate uh, respect for this stuff, and they don't mess with it. Like... Some American yeah. kid might buy this thing and put stickers all over, or drill it out, or whatever. You know, you got a nice old piece like that. It's, it's good to have be in the right hands. You know, and a lot of now, I mean, in the last ten years, I think a lot of those guitars that went to Japan have come back to the states. It's an open market. You know, it's a world yeah, of market. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Probably some in Europe too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And maybe China. <laughs> maybe Mexico. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe Pedro. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, it's been the first hour of the Watt for Pedro Show, September 15, 2010. Hold tight for hour two. September 15, 2010 is second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Oh, oh, oh. 
allow me to tell you a small story. It won't take nothing more than a bit of your time. There once was a cyclops that was stealing my mail. I caught him one early morning crest on his bail. My mail in hand, I could see my name. I chased him all so far but lame. My legs being that I was hurt in four years ago, blah, blah, blah. Long story. Anyhow, I chased him but gave up, but saw where he ran back to. I called the police, but they hung up. A joke, they thought. A cyclops stealing your mail? Your spam? Ha ha ha, please sir, don't jest. Any hoot, here I am, sitting here mailless again. He gets up before me, the early bird catches the worm, which is my mail. So one day, cleverly me, I set a trap for the bastard. A nice set trap. Yes, I got me a mouse. Hanging upside down, I saw his only eye bleeding, and he just let out a small cry. Please, sir, please let me go. Please. No. Revenge has to play slow. Anyhow, any hoot, you're coming with me to my basement dungeon, and life shall be seized. Wiggle, free wiggle, might you'll never get, cause the rope's too tight. So come, hand it down, respect your new living sound. Yes, sir, I will go bravely, Cyclops Savory. Now you know that we're the men that cursed this land from way back then. Fuck you, you've been stealing my mail, and now you'll pay. I'm a hateful old man, and this is the way. Here's my axe, and there's my sword. Now prepare to die, you stupid boar. Please, sir, listen here. I've been reading your mail and paying your bills for you, because I love you. I knew you back in 1983 That's when you saved me from falling on my left knee Still I cannot run so well, but that's another story, another time Don't wanna bore you with the tales Watt from Pedro Show I got so excited about your uh, collecting and your guitar safari of life (laughs) <laughs> that I forgot to talk about this music we played before our last spiel. Uh, we heard Charlie Plymel do a poem of his called Bad Veronica. Then we heard Thrifty Astronaut doing Boys Who Huff Glue. Then there was Patterns and Sound Do Exist by Tran Qual. And finally, Disney-fied Heroes by Infamous Deed. And then here to start off the second hour... We heard Radix and the Sebs doing Let Me Park My Car. Then Barsh by Position Normal. The Power of Erosion, special rehearsal preview by Common Deflection Problems. And finally, Foot with uh, their, their classic reading of The Cyclops. Uh, yeah. Back to the the safari. Um, 
the amp trail. You spoke a little bit about amps, but like, in fact, that champ that I played, what, 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 what year was that? It was pre-55, because it had the Jersey grill yeah, on it, so yeah. we're looking at maybe 54, 53, something like that. Great sounding amp, man. I just got another one. I found a 48. Yeah, I've seen that one. Champ 600, I think it was called. Don't they call it a champion, though, on that one thing? Or does it say no, champion? it had numbers, too, 600, oh, okay. too. And uh, it had a drug, a DEA tag on it. It was seized at a, in a drug raid, and mm. it was at this pawn shop. <laughs> and I got it for 40, $45. Sweet. It was a tan and white one. I've seen it. With, yeah. Uh, yeah, not, not your uh, tweed thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, two-tone. Yeah, two-tone, right. Nice. But uh, so was yours. Uh, had great tone, man. That's when I started finding out that to record good sounds, you don't you really need big amps. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. so was that was one of your first uh, electric amplifiers? Uh, probably, yeah. I yeah. don't I don't recall anything before that. I don't remember seeing anything, and those were kind of hard to put in a case and hide in the closet, like the guitars. Uh, but what you came along, you started getting almost as many amps as guitars. Yeah, I was up to about maybe twenty-five amps. And then I, you know, and the same thing, a lot of different character for the different things. Yeah, you get from like a, a champ up to like a piggyback blonde basement or something like that, or a super reverse. I remember one you had that was for a pedal steel. Uh, was it a, a white amp? Yeah, what made, was it? made for Forest White. Fen- Leo Fender made a commemorative uh, lap steel and amp for Forest White. I had one of those for a while. This had trippy tubes in it. Hmm. I don't know. I've had, trippy I've had, shape. Oh, Coke bottle tubes? Yeah. Yeah, I've had too many amps. I don't know. Maybe this one is, <laughs> yeah, no longer in the trove. It's been flipped. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was amazing stuff. You got into steels too, laps. Yeah, I got a James box. Williamson got into those, he told me. I think every guitar player should have a, a lap steel. He was visiting the islands a lot. Hmm. Why? Nels has gotten into playing them. He's really good on the lap. Yeah. He's he did a little of the pedal stuff in Tokyo. I asked him to. Mr. Uh, Kego's borrowed it, but he doesn't have a lot of experience at it. But man, he worked it good. Uh, but he does the thing with no pedals, just on your lap, really, really well. Mm-hmm. He uh, does it a lot for this uh, Wilco band he right. plays with. Yeah. You, you you had quite a... I don't see a lot of slides here now. Well, I only have just that old Gibson over there. It's a yeah. pink, pink uh, um, ultra-tone. But Man, I, was it Oahu the name of this amp? Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it had like... It yeah, Alzheimer's, <laughs> you know, well, at I don't, the uh, barricade. I have it I pinned against the barricade. It was called Oahu. That's what I was thinking. It was made for lap steel as, uh-huh. as a pairing, but... I just considered a guitar amp. So yeah, I, sure, sure. Yeah. But that's where I remember it from. Because I'd never heard of Oahu before, but it makes sense, Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But made it in Cleveland. Yeah. And <laughs> Danny Salvador, me and D. Boone, Moto, right? He has an amplifier for a lap steel. In fact, that's why he played it first. Mm. And it was way loud. That's why we let him in the band, because he had the way louder amp. <laughs> and Because uh, we had these toys. Like, that baby you got sitting up there. Mm-hmm. We're uh, tinier than that, and it, we'd have to put it up on the dresser. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, 
five-inch speakers, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Danny comes with this 112, maybe 40 watts. I mean, that was cooking. What's up, Dirty Boom? Hello. And uh, didn't people never really had one a place like this. Except for maybe the pawn shops and stuff. But the guy selling probably didn't know. Had a little inkling, maybe by the brand name. Yeah. But not somebody into the, you know, the dealio of it. Well, I, you know, I, I kind of modeled the shop in a mini way, uh, like in the old Hollywood shops that would sell nothing. Yeah, right. Stuff. What were those called? Voltage? Voltage and Guitars R Us was a Guitars good... Guitars R Us? Yeah, there was a bunch of shops up there that were just... Yeah, I think it was Sunset and, uh, what, Albert, Stanley? Albert uh, Molinari, was that the guy who had... Genesee? Albert was uh, Voltage. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that cross street. Was it? It starts with a G. Uh, I can't think of it. I don't know. But everything. Genesee? Everybody was right there. Yeah, yeah. There's a shit heart center there. That's actually it used to be on the other side of the street. <laughs> yeah. And it was a little small thing. Maybe it was their first store. Who knows? Yeah. Now that's a print shop, I think. But remember when it was on the south side of the street instead of the north? There. It was on the corner. And there was that hotel with the bear, the sleepy bear, uh -huh. right? <laughs> you remember? A little bit. And yeah, this thing, like our old buddy Tone. God bless him. He just go up there just to look at these things, to drill. You know, so bring our I. own we bring our own drill drill bucket and park it between our feet and just look at the wall. I used to like the ones in the pawn shops in downtown LA. Little old man and stuff they used to have all the cool stuff on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Pedro had some, but not so much. And the guys doing it didn't have a culture of it. That was along with the knives and the handguns and the, mm -hmm. you know, they got wedding worse. rings. Here, let's listen to some music. All right. Yeah. <laughs> 
течет, бегущий за грань пустоты, В ледяную пустыню ветрами влеком войдет караван мечты, И заплещутся слезы, суровый широт зарет во всю глотку апрель. Птицы изрежут цыганскую кровь, Песни красивых людей.
Okay. Uh, <laughs> I tried to get help here from uh, Dirk with this. Uh, we started off uh, our little block there with uh, Kabachikaya from uh, Yuri Oshepkov and the Avgushtashaya, which uh, I wish I had translation. You know, I was there last month, and I was telling you all these fires and smoke and the heat. And they're excellent gigs in Moscow. You know, and St. Petersburg, the not so bad with the fires and the smoke, but it was still really warm. Russia's having a super hot summer. Maybe they're going to lose half their wheat because it's drought and then those fires. When we were in Moscow, an airport, some boss of a military airport ran and let 200 planes get uh, burned up. And the president fired him the next day, the dev. And uh, yeah, yeah, some kooky stuff like that, but it felt really bad for him. Uh, you know, anybody with the nature, like the, uh, a couple days later when that storm in Finland caught me on stage, I was just praying that it would keep going over to Russia and put those fires out. <laughs> yeah. Then we heard... Uh, the Greatest Secret by the Horrible Department, Anger Management by Nasty Stash, Truck uh, Acoustic Version by DMF, and then finally Whooped Him Up the Hill by the Black Twig Pickers with Charlie Parr. Speaking of which, Dirt, you have quite record collection. Yes, I do. This came before the amps and the guitars, right? Yeah. I used to ride my bike down to like Redondo, there was a record store down there called Crane's Records years ago, sure. and that's where I bought, like, you know, I was, the first day the Rob Power came out, or the New York Dolls and stuff like that, I was, my brother was kind of hip to stuff, and he would tell me, and I'd ride my bike down and buy stuff from them. Did he have a surgery? Not yet, no. Okay. But uh, I still have those records. His brother Louie, who ran radio department at UC still does. Riverside, still does. So, so you were steeped in the music stuff from a kid. Yeah, he he turned me on a lot of stuff. Yeah. What's funny is I still have some of those records in the shrink wrap with, let's say, 329 on written with, with, right. with felt pen. You'd open them, but you wouldn't take the shrink wrap right. off, right? <laughs> yeah. I knew dudes like that. <laughs> well, I still got them. With the price, that's how much they were. 329 Which was a lot of it was big money for it. When 8-Tracks came, did you ever get into them? Uh, yeah, we had one in the house, All right. and uh, we we have a cabin in the mountains, and we have an eight-track player up there. And I started. I've been there. I started. Yeah, you were there. Remember that? <laughs> I started collecting those things about. What was that record we heard? It was uh, Basil Rathbone doing Ed Grell and Poe. Yeah, but the Black Cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another. Track. That's another story. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> so there was eight track at that cabin. Yeah, so I collected all these A-tracks and uh, over the last 10 years or so, and I had like I had Sex Pistols, all kinds of stuff that you can't find anywhere, you know, and I just... I, I there was Sex Pistol A-tracks? Yeah. Wow. I found them at the swap meets or whatever, and I had a big pile of them. And then when I went up there a couple years ago, uh, I was looking for them, and my mom threw them all away. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> what about cassettes? Did you ever get into them? Tons of them. Yeah, of course. Did you get into this thing? No, the mix tape. Oh, making my own tapes? Oh, yeah. From your records? No, to like brainwash, I mean, turn your friends on to... Sure. Yeah, I've, I've got one over there that I made like about 20 years ago. 
I listened to it the other day. Right, because a lot of people weren't hip to this stuff. Okay, you went did uh, you went to Cranes a little north of where you were. Did you ever go east to Zed? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. And so that's where you. I got all my early punk. That's records. where we got that Rocky Erickson. Uh, that's right with that dog. <laughs> we both got those <laughs> split out of the head, and uh, yeah, it has a title written in letters. You don't. Well, it was the single that you you sang over the phone too. Yeah, we, yeah. We got Bermuda, little, but that's Bermuda, the yeah. one Harvey Kubernet had. The, the the album was the uh, uh, CBS. And it had the incredible painting, but the letters, the title of the album, are letters like space letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Two-headed dog and all Which that I stuff. Thought, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't shake me, Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Mine, mine, mind. <laughs> uh, I walked with the zombie. Right. Uh, That's a great record. It's a cold night for alligators. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, white faces. Uh, creature with the atom right. brain. <laughs> right. Great, great stuff. That was that was like my kind of safari because I didn't know hardly any of that music. Mm -hmm. But the interesting record covers or name of the band. By the way, the pop group played a few days ago. Oh, First nice. gig in thirty years. Did that? They were doing a documentary about those, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. That's done. This was actual oh. gig. Yeah. I, I I think they were missing Waddington, hmm. the one of the guitars. But uh, they had uh, Garth and uh, Mark, Bruce Smith. I think it's the second bass player, Katsis, though. I'd like to see that. The other guy, the first one, did Pick Bag. I can't remember his name. Mm. Sorry. All right. But uh, Katsis had some good bass lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the prostitute guy. In, uh, mm. How much longer do we tolerate mass murder? But the, the first guy's the dub one on the Why, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. I remember that album. I mean, you, there's nothing about it, you know? There's just these guys, natives and stuff. And that's why. And then there's a little thing of the band, kind of little cutouts of them. It's got the mud heads on the front. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's no information. And then got the record. And then the pop group, you know, it's like, what, the pop group? Mm -hmm. And I get it, and there's a poster, and it's got them dude who's been, like, lynch mobbed, and that dude's pissing all over him. Yeah, I've got that. <laughs> it's like, what? before I even listened to the record, I was like, oh, my God. It was like, this is an intense way to make a band. Slightly yeah. political. Let's listen, listen to some music. <laughs> Yeah. 
of the naked desecrate They're flipping off strangers and pissing on the walls now And anybody walking passes a gauntlet of cat calls Everybody's looking for a little situation Two girls or two boys or some other combination Was that a fuck off or was that an invitation? And do you kiss my girlfriend with that mouth? The streets are smelling of cigarettes and cum Because there's action in the alleys And these condoms when they're done And you tough girl in leather and in pigtails Your mouth and fuck me But I don't want the details Don't tell me, I don't wanna know your name now All I wanna know is if you ain't got much shame now Just strip off your panties if it is all the same now And do you kiss my girlfriend with that mouth? My girlfriend and she will fill my first kiss Let's open up a window so we can hear the sirens And let's break out the Jameson and do it again, again Everybody's looking for a little situation Please rub a little harder so I can feel sensation Just spit in your hand for a little lubrication And do you kiss my girlfriend with that mouth? What, from Pedro Show? Uh, that was Do You Kiss My Girlfriend With That Mouth by the Peter O'Toole's. Before that, we heard She Held Her Breath For 17 Minutes by Stunt Cat. Then we had Sardines before that from The Games. And we started off a band from Philly called Split Red doing, uh, it's a demo, but <coughs> it's their tune, uh, called D. Boone, in honor of D. Boone. Uh, it's his name, Stephen Bono. Uh, he's the guitar man, I think, for this band. and uh, Flowed me that. So th- thank you for respecting D. Boone. Speaking of D. Boone, Dirk yes, has been going through his old shit, and he found oh. a f- a f- the inaugural, or whatever, the initial issue, issue of the one. Pro. Yeah. Now this was something that D. Boone put out November 1981. Actually, I typed it, but uh, it was all D. Boone's ideas and words. Words is, uh, he had people do certain sections and stuff, but he was like the managing editor and the guidepost, bowsprit, whatever. And here's, here's, on the front cover was the manifesto. It said, the manifesto of the pro. To employ the fundamental principle of our American Constitution in Amendment 1, freedom of the press. Number 2, censorship. In ancient Rome, a broad, <laughs> a broad, a board of two officials of the Republic kept the census of the citizens, let public contracts and supervised manners and morals. That's a parenthetical. Uh, De Boone responds to this in capital letters: "No such bullshit is to exist in the pro." <laughs> well, that's his view on censorship. Uh, Number three, total reader participation. Number four, all articles will pertain to music, art, and environment. Number five, finally, the principles of this declaration are subject to move with change. So, 
There's some artwork. Gary Jacobli. Mm -hmm. And then Gary Jacobli with a essay on the death of capitalism. And then more Gary. God, Gary Jacobli was a big part of the first issue. Mm -hmm. And then what's it? Lonely, Lonely Guppy speaks out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, what follows are excerpts from an interview with Greg Hurley, who was in the group Kindled Imagination and the Slivers. Oh, yeah. Wow. Guitar shop. Yeah. Well, that's George Hurley's brother. What's that? Holy crap. And then Dee Boone gives a little essay on... Uh, the Civil War. All right. Bye. And there's there's some D. Boone uh, art. And Raymond Pettibone. When uh, Raymond uh, spelled his name with the E at the end. And then uh, record reviews from me. Keats rides a Harley. Der Plan. Meat puppets. Flux of Pink Indians, Gang of Four. Whoa, we were just talking about the singer. Uh, Stu just got to play with them, and the singer was incredible. Blurt and Minor Threat. Wow. There's even little stars. I can't remember. I remember him asking me to do these. Look at what makes this record good are good songs. No shit. Yeah. Embarrassing. <laughs> Embarrassing. Nice. But the. I have none of these. You did a bunch of these pearls. I have none of them. I have none of the flyers I made for the minute, man. I didn't. I got some right here. We were just so much in the moment. Tragic comedy. We played tragic comedy on the show before. Tragic comedy is the band Dirkhead with Crane and John Rocknowski. Do you want to see some of these? Yeah. That's Raymond. This show, uh, special guest was Husker Du. It's not even on the flyer. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Casa de la Raza. This is one of the, one of the first Golden Voice shows. Mm-hmm. Santa Barbara. Gary Tovar. Here's an old peer group flyer. Gary Jacobin. With plugs. This has got some good commentary on peer it. Peer group had Gino on uh, <laughs> read, read. clarinet, right? Read this stuff. See Joe Biza, the great guitar warrior in person, speak to him, touch him, hear him perform his greatest hits with passion, emotion, and strife. See him outplay and outline, outlive Jimmy. Yeah. Catch his last L.A. appearance before his nation, <laughs> nationwide tour or before he takes a drug overdose. $5 admission or ask Joe to put you on the guest list because he's cool. <laughs> Buy his new LP, Surviving Joe Always. <laughs> Photo, Naomi Peterson. Joe Paisa had a look that was pretty distinctive. Even in the old days, those first shows, before I even knew him, met him, yeah, he still does. Although, if they cut them out here, it's kind of weird. Look at the feet. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we cut out pictures. Watch out. What's this others? Oh, I got Jimmy Smack flyer here. Jimmy Smack was a musician from Pedro who played bagpipes and read poems. And he's on the Reactionaries record too, right? Well, the tribute. Yeah, that's what I mean. Community FK. That was Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's some old Minutemen stuff. I don't know if you want. These to see are ones that. I made. Yeah, these are ones you made. I don't have any of these. Stupid fuck. Jimmy Joyce and uh, George Clinton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that same typewriter. I know. <laughs> it's on all the new Alliance. Everything's all crooked. And... Yeah. Especially the uh, A, or is it the N, or one 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 letter is always wrong. I like I like the, the big headlines that you would cut out on these things. Yeah, but these are kind of simple. The ones there were some of them like I got like Look hundreds of <laughs> talking gorilla. <laughs> yeah, Soviet horse breeding races rubles rewards. Yeah, there was a lot of machinery in the law that wasn't there a few years ago. Right, here we go. Talking Gorilla's dead cat may be replaced. <laughs> oh, these are the funnies. <laughs> oh, man. I've got some... Minutemen gigs. It's kind of difficult for radio, so we'll play some music. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> look at Flash. We're at the end of the second hour of the September 15, 2010 Watt from Pedro show. Hold tight for hour three. September 15, 2010, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
time I see her, every time I see her, I want to grab her. Till the wind from my hand blows away like a woman. Every time I grab her, every time I grab her. Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Marshall Allen and the Vertical Dog. Something from uh, live in Virginia at the beginning of this year. This is a man in his 80s touring. Econo style. Beautiful cat. Um, many, uh, many tours. Many gigs with uh, Mr. Sun Ra. Incredible. Pioneer. And uh, not afraid music man. I think Sonny Blount was his name. Originally. Maybe I got that wrong. Something like that. From Birmingham. But Sun Ra, incredible cat, incredible records. Seek him out. I'll play some more on future shows. I've, I've been turned on to some uh, stuff I haven't heard before. Some t- of him touring in Italy. I played some on the show. Then we heard, oh, oh that was called Angels and Demons at Play. And uh, then we heard Posing Nude uh, with We Played to Love and Loss. And then a demo from 1978 from Captain Beefheart of When I See Mommy, I Feel Like a Mummy. And who's great. Uh, You're an old Captain Beefheart fan, right? Sure. Saw him at the Golden Bear. 
was a good show. Right. Drew Feldman was playing bass. He opened the show doing a big bass solo. Bass solo. Playing chords on the bass. You're talking about, I think that was the Dock at the Radar Station tour. I think so, yeah. And if they started, he did a bass solo and then they went into Hothead. Mm hmm. Yeah. Burn you up in bed. Morris Tepper was in the band. Jeff Morris Tepper. Yeah. Incredible hat size Schneider on the other guitar. And I think Robert Williams on the drums. It was a whole other magic band than what we just heard there. Mm hmm. That was the Shiny Beast and mm -hmm. the Bat Chain Puller. Puller, puller. Uh, but Captain Beefheart, an another not afraid man to take chances. Uh, who's the most interesting cat you've met that collects guitars and amps? Is there like a guru? Is there a sensei for you among the collector people who you have a lot of respect for uh, do you have a cat you will call for for advice about yeah. a certain thing no no I pretty I pretty much know a lot of like too much stuff already yeah I don't really run with an ilk like that too much anyway yeah. you know I like local people that you know have appreciation for this kind of stuff right no I wouldn't say I don't really know anybody like that do you, get, do you get stuff off eBay I have not for a while yeah I sell stuff on there once in a while. What's your opinion? Well, a lot of a lot of cats want to hold it in their hand, you know. But if you buy a good quality guitar, like a Fender or whatever, it's, you know the thrust rod works and stuff like that. It's it's pretty safe to buy stuff like that. You have to know what to ask, you know. You have to know what you're looking at. What about new stuffs at a store? Uh, how do you mean? Like if you go to a guitar center or something? Yeah. I wouldn't buy anything there. I don't like any of the new guitars. They feel stiff. New mm -hmm. Gibsons, I don't like them. If you go through 20 fenders, you might find a nice one, you know. Yeah. But the Gibson, the fret finishing work is not good on them anymore. It's kind of sad. You know about the floods, right? What's that? The Gibson factory in Nashville was hit very hard with the floods this spring. Oh. No, I didn't like, know that. <laughs> I know about the flood, but I, I didn't think about them. Yeah, it was really bad. It hurt a lot of musicians there. Mm -hmm. That factory, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but who knows? Maybe because they have to redo... Maybe they'll they'll get. You're saying there's something wrong with them uh, working on their f frets. Thank you. Yeah, the the uh, if you feel like the shoulder of the neck, the frets aren't filed properly. They have a real hard kind of sharp feel. The quality control's gone down. They don't do a lot of good finish okay. work. Yeah. Uh, if somebody was to offer you any guitar. For really kind of, all you had to say is which one you wanted. What would you pick? Uh, well, this is, I don't know. I think uh, a guitar that I've really wanted to have for a long time would be a 1957 Gretsch White Falcon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What about amp? I got enough amps. I like, I like all my amps. I don't think I need any more amps. You wouldn't want like a... Maybe a 20-watt Marshall. What about 59 310 <laughs> Bandmaster? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't have one of those. All right, Jay's got like four or five. Hopefully. You got me. <laughs> yeah, those, those things are real expensive. Good sound, though. Mm -hmm. I remember Jay bringing one into the studio for, from Ohio to use for Mr. Machinery Operator. Yeah. Uh, you never got into collecting drums. Well... Not, because you I, went back to playing drums. Yeah, but I have, 
until about two weeks ago, I have four drum sets. So I guess I wouldn't call it collecting. I just wind up with them somehow. But you played older gear. Yeah, I just sold a 1930s uh, Slingerland Radio King set to some guy. Complete kit. Minus snare. minus the snare. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. Wow. The, you know the the guys that play jump blues and stuff. Yeah. Like, they like those those. Right. Drums. Right. Yeah. Authentica. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I, I, I got tired of playing drums. It's just too much stuff to pack around. But now, so what, like the last five years I've been playing with these guys, I play only snare and kick and two cymbals. Hi-hat and, and ride, that's it. But it I, makes you play a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> that Greg and Deerhoof, you know, same, same. just kick snare and a hi-hat. Yeah, you can beat the crap out of that. So let's do some more music.
Encontrarás 
just heard when you gonna quit something live from the thrills before that second fiddle by ditch croaker ditch croaker's got tim barnes who i had the pleasure of uh recording in austin texas two weeks ago along with john dietrich of dirt deer hoof tala mcdonis uh nicholas <coughs> taplin's band in austin and uh did a uh, improvised album tim barnes great cat uh, before Ditch Croaker, we heard Crisis by 
Proyecto Trenes. Somewhere in the Latin America, maybe Argentina. Maybe Peru. I hate that one, I can't remember it. It's it's not like other people's lands aren't special enough. It's because I'm too stupid. <laughs> Please understand that. And we started off with Glass Barrels in the Evening Sun by Liquid Indian, which has Christian. He's got a band called Dyslexicon. He just sent me seven songs to put bass on. It's like 12-string acoustic guitar and kind of wild drumming. So i got to figure some bass out for this. Christian, a great guitarist. Uh, had him on the show a few months ago. Actually a drummer man from Florida who came out to learn guitar in San Francisco. Hmm. And uh, have you heard of Triclops? No. Great band. He's a guitarist there, but he's striking out on his own stuff, so want to help him out. Uh, yeah, so this... Uh, first, why did the first incarnation go down of Guitar Safari? Oh, uh, well, I was... I had the shop running over here, and then I was running a family business, which was a flight school teaching people how to fly. And it just became too much work to run both things and it was very difficult so I had to go where more money was and this was more like a hobby at that time although I was making money in here you know yeah it was pretty good it was way better that then than it is now I mean money wise because we had a hard we're at a hard time right now but you closed it down then the flight school passed on we and then it. you bring back yeah I, the safari yeah cause chapter two I was trying to figure out what to do yeah. And I still had a billion guitars, and I just I saw the shop was open again, so I took the same space. Same place? Yeah. What a trip. <laughs> what was it, a magic shop? That's next door. Oh, okay. I had that spot, too. I had two storefronts. That's back right, back then. Now only one storefront. Six, 600 bucks for two shops. But, uh, you know, for Pedro people, what, do, do most Pedro people know? Well, yeah. The reason more and I, more? The reason I kept the same name was because people knew that name. And yeah. a lot of old people come in here that I knew are like, it. what are you doing here again? You know, yeah. They're surprised to see the place. But then, it, first time around, you didn't really have internet presence. No. Now you do. Yeah. Because you want people outside of Pedro maybe to know about the pad. Mm-hmm. And how can they find it on the internet? Uh, it's just guitarsafari.net. G-U-I-T-A-R... S A F A R I dot net N E T T. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, so you don't have to be in Pedro to check out and maybe, you know, trade Kozeni for uh, amp, guitar, mandolin. Mandolin. Tone would come in here. Uh, he came in here a lot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's quiet now. Look at this. What's that? What kind of mandolin is this guy? Resonator? Well, what's weird about that, you, I guess it's hard to describe, but there's a resonator on the back, but it's sealed off from the front of it. It's just, it's just like wow. more, more for show, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Looks like almost a ban, banjo mandolino. Yeah, it's from the 20s, I think. It's really old. Wow. The Comet. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. So if you check out uh, check out the website there, you can learn more about uh, Dirk and his shop here and help it along on the second uh, incarnation, because it's a tougher go around mm -hmm. this time for him, and uh, maybe because of economy. Yeah. 
What about the maybe because the big stores? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you, we were talking about these Squire guitars yeah. and stuff. You know, I I went down to Target down the road here, and they're they're selling. This is at Target. Yeah, they're selling Squire guitars with mini amp for like a hundred and ten dollars. Yeah. I think I saw them at Best Buy. They have, Best Buy has a lot of. They have Gibsons and Fenders there now. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to knock the shit out of a, a guitar center. I think. Wow. Yeah. Sam ass. But you know those those shops are good for me because people go they buy some crummy Squire Strat or something and they can't play it doesn't play any good yeah. I, they bring it in here and I fix it and make it play better so See? that's part of my business is fixing their mistakes yeah because that's yeah, we we haven't talked about that but I brought uh, the Dan bass in here to get new controls and the mm -hmm. uh, cavity shielded and I brought it to the man I trust so <laughs> we haven't talked about his prowess with his repairs. But uh, there's also that, and you can't hang that on a wall. Our final chunk of music. Okay.
Till I come Till I come In a closet Near sunset Started off with uh, Down the Hatch by Stereo Atomico and Skate Away by Flying Brains and It Don't Make No Sense by Mad Cowboys in the shit next <laughs> next was in the shit by Beasts of No Nation and then Jay's song by the Fuck Unicorns and Fuck the Economy by the Spoiled Brats Bust My Fuse by Landfill that's got a uh, Bobby Ho on drums from Sacred. And then finally, Dancing with Carradine by Damnation Machine. Maybe reference uh, Mr. David Carradine. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that dance. Not me. What was that Strangler song? Hanging around? Just hanging around. I don't know. Yeah. Is that the, from the first record? Yeah. I was, they were one of the first bands to have a whole album. 
Was it called Black and White? No, Nostra. Oh. Maybe it's a Latin name for the family of rats. Oh, yeah. Radis Nostra. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> I think the one you're talking about is the third album. Mm, like the second one was No More Heroes. I know that. That The Black and White has. Uh, Leon Trotsky, he got the ice pick. It made his ears burn. <laughs> something. Bring on the new bottle. Strange band. I saw their first gig at the Whiskey, well, first for SoCal, and pretty intense. Big bass sound in that band. Big bass sound. I think his <laughs> name was uh, JJ. Hmm. Burnell? Burnell? Sounds familiar. Something like Brunel, that. Yeah. But he had big combat boots on, and he karate kicked some cat off the stage. <laughs> like flying karate kick. <laughs> yeah. Pretty wild. You know who I saw that I saw at the Whiskey was uh, the jam singer. He was in the same festival as at uh, in Sweden, and I got to talk with him. Paul Weller? Yeah, he's yeah, a nice that, man. I saw that picture of you with him. Yeah, and he was great. I didn't know any of his music. I said to him, you know, last time, like with the Gang of Four singer, last time I saw you was in 77. Mm. He goes, is that place still open? I said, yeah, it's pay to play now, though. Look. If you could give any advice about this endeavor, the guitar safari life. Don't do give? it. Don't do it? <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. You meet a lot of good people. Um, I'm not sure what kind of advice you're talking about, you know, as far as buying things, if people want to buy something. Get into it. Just, yeah, find somebody that knows what they're talking about, a friend of yours that plays and stuff, and make sure that you go together with them to a shop. And What about this magazine, Vintage Guitar? I haven't looked at it in eight years, probably. Remember, it was the big dealio. Yeah. One time, uh, Tony, myself, and Dirk lived in the same apartment building. I remember when that baby would come. <laughs> We'd be all over it, right? Mm -hmm. I think uh, Nels is in this month talking about the 59 Jazz Master I sold. Mm. Uh, but yeah, find out the, f from somebody's stuff, right? Yeah, just take, you know, take somebody with you that knows a little bit about it. Yeah. People come to me all the time trying to pick my brain. I'm happy to tell them stuff, but you got to be there to look at what they're talking about. Right, right. Excuse me, ma'am. I'm here to see an apartment upstairs. <laughs> Just call the number that's on the wall up there. No, I have the number right here, but I, mean, I didn't bring my, pay, my phone. I didn't bring my cell phone. Is it possible to use a phone? Can you give me a minute? Sure. Huh? Can you give me a minute, please? Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Dirk. Well, thank you. That was really coming aboard the Watford Pedro show. Uh, you're an old buddy, but it's always great to have you on the show and uh, spreading your wisdom about the old collectible playables. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah. It's been uh, September 15, 2010, Watt for Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.